This episode is brought to you by Fortis et Fidelis, honoring the brave and faithful service of our fallen. The free will never forget. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful Podcast. Today, today I have an author, an Army veteran. She was one of the first women to fly the Apache helicopter uh, in the U.S. Army. She is also the author of The Grit Factor, Courage, Resilience, and Leadership in the Most Male-Dominated Organization in the World. I have none other than Shannon Paulson. Shannon, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Well, like I said, thank you for, for joining me here. Um, you know, before we get started in, in what you're doing now with the Grit Factor, can you just tell our audience a little bit about, you know, your service, how long you served for and, and uh, what time frame? Yeah, sure. Um, it's been a little while now, but I had the opportunity a number of years ago to be one of the first women to fly the Apache helicopter in the U.S. Army. I led three different line units on three different continents. And so my time of service was in the National Guard from 91 to 93 and then active duty from 93 to 2001. So it's uh, it's it's been a while, but um, but I was very honored to have an opportunity to be at uh, battalion level for all but one year of that, and uh, in a highly operational role. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, talk about your transition. How was that for you? You were you. When did you leave? Yeah, around the nineties. Is that is that right? Well, I left in 2001 and actually August of 2001, which oh, is wow. really relevant because had I been one month later, I would have been stop lost for sure as both an Apache pilot with a military intelligence uh, qualification as well. So um, I left to go to business school at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth and I drove away from Fort Bliss, Texas in early August, uh, late, late July, early August. I think my official date was sometime in August and uh, and began business school at the end of August. So kind of went straight into that academic environment. And I was really grateful, honestly, for that full-time academic experience for a couple of years. Number one, I just, I think there's intrinsic value to education of any kind, but um, but it was hard, right? It's, it's hard to transition out. And I think I have talked to more and more veterans lately where we really get into the meat of, wow, it's tough to make that transition. And it's tough to figure out what your identity is as you make that transition as well so uh let's get, let's get into the grit factor i mean you know you've you've heard that term before grit right um yeah. tell us what that means to you i've always talked about grit my entire life my dad is the one that uh, brought it up as a term of, of something to be um to be admired and to strive for and to and continue to develop. Uh, I have thought of it as this dogged determination in the face of difficult circumstance. So there's this doggedness to it, right? This very unsexy kind of perseverance, uh, no matter whether or not anybody's watching and no matter how bad the chips are. Um, of course, Angela Duckworth, who is the researcher at University of Pennsylvania, will say it's passion and perseverance towards a very long-term goal. So I think it depends on the circumstance, but certainly that doggedness, that perseverance regardless is very, very much an important part of the equation. Do you feel like with your time in, in the army and then specifically being one of the first women to fly the Apache helicopter, you know, develop some of that grit while you were in the service? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's absolutely, it's, um, and it's the reason really that I wrote The Grit Factor, right? Is this young leader reached out to me and asked if I would mentor her as she began the same journey of going down to Fort mm. 
Rucker, Alabama, being becoming an aviation leader and uh, and a pilot. And I immediately said yes, but this was only like seven years ago, you know, and I'd been out of the military for a while. I transitioned through my MBA. I'd spent time in the corporate world as well. And so I immediately said yes, but then I was starting to doubt myself because I thought, gosh, it's been a while since I've served and my integration into this all-male, you know, combat arms field was surely somewhat unique. So how can I scale what I offer to her? And then if I do that work, scale the people to whom it's offered. And that really was the genesis of what became the grit factor. And it was interviewing dozens of leaders in the vanguards of their fields. They happen to be women, they happen to be military, but they're general officers across the services, you know, aviators from World War II to the present, a combat rescue swimmer from the Coast Guard, and so many more. And all of them faced what I did, which is this double crucible, as a term mm. that a Stanford professor has come up with, which is the requirements of the military, which you know and all your listeners know and I know is, is incredibly challenging, right? coupled with at, simultaneously in an environment where they were often not welcome. And sometimes it was actually in a hostile environment. So it really became this double crucible that, um, that required a particularly significant amount of grit, however it is that you define it. So, you know, in today's uh, military, a, a lot of our listeners are you know, active duty and are in the process of transitioning, right? What are, yeah. what are some of your advice for, for those people that are, you know, like separating from the military, whether that be retirement or just, you know, get, just getting out, what are some tips and advice that you can give them to, you know, maybe develop some sort of grit? <laughs> <laughs> well, they all have it, of course, right? Because you do certainly develop that in the military. I would say, honestly, read the grit factor. It was written for you, no matter who you are, no matter what branch of service you're coming from, or what rank you are, or what gender you are. Um, the grit factor was really written for you. And what it does is it looks at grit as part of a holistic system. It's really the grit triad, right? It's commit, learn, and launch. And that's connected to being grounded in the past, deeply engaging in the present and looking towards the future with audacity, with authenticity and with adaptability. So this grit triad, it turns out, is really critical to being able to move forward. And, and again, for the transitioning vets, I think one of the hardest things is you're so um, kind of encapsulated really in this artificially intense environment, not, not always artificially, right? Sometimes it's very realistically right, intense, yeah. but regardless, it's this, this pretty... Um, this environment that's kind of insulated from the outside world. And it's really hard to understand your identity outside of what you've been shown in uniform. And the reality is you have this incredible person inside of you, right? And, and it's not been the thing that you've been supposed to focus on because you're supposed to focus on the unit and the army or the Navy or the Air Force or the Marines or, or the, I guess it's the Space Force now, right? Or <laughs> anyway, what Coast Guard. So whatever your force is, I mean, that's really been the focus of the military. It's one of the strengths is, hey, it's about we, it's about all of us. But now you, you both get to and have the responsibility to own your own story outside of any other structure. And it's, it's hard work, it's deep internal work. I'll walk you through how to do it in chapter one and chapter two of the grit factor. Um, but it's really exciting too. I mean, it just opens up an entire new world. And once you connect to those, those core values that mean something to you that are agnostic to the military, right? They're agnostic to your unit or your mission or your deployments. And you say, hey, what is it that really drives me? Like what makes me really excited to be able to contribute? 
you find that thing and then you find other ways to serve in the world. And it's an incredible opportunity. And I'm not going to pretend that it's easy work, but it really truly is an opportunity that you have to, to move forward and, and even open up your life more than you could possibly have imagined. Yeah, I asked that question because a lot of, even some of our guests have had that difficulty of transitioning out of the military. And I guess yeah. like even now, like transition is, it's like a daily process. It, does, it doesn't end, like it's not like a one significant event. It's right. a daily process, right? So yes. um, I guess yeah. some grit and some determination, right? And, and, and like you said, just finding that purpose, that second service, um, to what you can, you know, contribute and help out to, to other people. So, well, you know, I, I remember this time I, I was through business school. Now I had taken me, you know, two years of full-time graduate school where I was really having a tough time, right? Because September 11th happened right after we started graduate school. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should be over here. I should be doing this thing. Like I'm trained to do this thing. And, um, and I remember there was a classmate of mine who was a Marine and he and I would just sit and watch the news, right? And the rest of our classmates would just sort of be streaming around us talking about the hockey game or something else that just seemed totally inane. And, um, and it took me a long time. Like I had to go all the way through business school. I was out of business school. I was working for a medical device company in Seattle. And I remember walking along Lake Washington in Seattle, like with my latte at seven in the morning or something, I always still get up early uh, and talking to my dad and he's passed away now. But I remember saying, hey dad, you know, I don't know, like maybe I should go back in there. They're calling people back up. You know, people are deploying. I, I can do this really, really well. And I remember what he said that finally kind of helped me start to let go, which was, you've done your service. Now let other people do theirs, right? And there was a bit of an ego piece too, right? To say, hey, the, the army's plenty big. Like however good I think I was, or I actually was whatever, um, the army's big enough to be fine without me. They're, it's organized to be fine without me. And that's a good thing, right? That's, that's a positive thing. But also like go out into the world and there are so many ways that you can contribute in the way that is truly best suited for you to live into the world. I mean, the army is only supposed to be part of your life or the military in, in whatever form, right? Whatever yeah. service. It's only the first part, right? And now you you take that experience and say, how do I go make the world a better place? And, and there's so many opportunities to take what you've learned in the service that will be truly and deeply valued and be able to take that forward uh, to make a really meaningful difference. Yeah, I mean, I just want to highlight what you just said there, like the, the army, the whatever branch you're in, you, what the military is just a, it's, a, you know, it's a small part of, of who you are. And, and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of veterans and active DJ I talked to is, you know, it's like, it's like the end all be all. It's like they're, it's like the thing, right? And it's like, once they get out, once they retire, separate, it's, they, they tend to go back to that time. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you leave high school and some people never leave high school. <laughs> some people never leave. There is right. an aspect of that to the military, right? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I mean, I guess, what are, what are, what's your, your advice for, for those who, you know, who might be struggling in finding that purpose or that second service? Yeah, that's a great question. And I will say I struggled. For many years, I struggled. And the, what, what I did is to start out with, 
you know, I signed up to lead a mission trip for my church, right? So I went down to El Salvador. Um, later, I went back to Guatemala with my husband after we were married. And, um, and, and that wasn't my like calling, but I was like, hey, I know I can do something, right? Like mm -hmm. I have this capability to live in hard circumstances and, and do hard things. So, um, uh, but it was great. I mean, I felt like it was a way to do something meaningful and connect in a meaningful way in a culture that didn't seem to, to, to care about that in some ways. Uh, but then you keep moving into those things that are important to you, right? And that, that are meaningful to you. And so when I work with clients now, and I, I talk to the corporate world, I talk to organizations around the world, literally on leadership and grit and resilience. And I talk about purpose because when you connect to your purpose, your like core purpose, right? It's not about the mission anymore, right? It's not about the 82nd Airborne mission. That, that's not it. It's mm -hmm. your personal purpose. So how do you get to that, right? And you, one of the ways that I, I suggest that people start to address that is to say, look around in the world, right? What breaks your heart? Like what really breaks your heart? And what small things can you do to get involved in whatever that is? You know, like my eight-year-old loves big cats and he's learning all about how the big, the environment or the habitat for the big cats is, is being compromised. So he's finding a way to like give his $5 to Panthera, right? Because they help they help with conservation around big cats. So start with something, however small that is, and just make a small step in that direction. Um, and then continue to be curious, continue to explore and say, hey, what breaks my heart, right? Um, the second thing I would say is to drill down, and I give keynotes again to these companies all the time, and I talk about the five whys. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's into Six Sigma or manufacturing will know about this, but it's really a technique that was developed by Toyota as a manufacturing technique to drill down into the root cause of deficiencies. So why am I bringing that up with you now? That's a great question. <laughs> um, because I like to suggest using the five whys. People talk about like knowing your why, right? But knowing your why usually stops at the surface. It's like, well, it's because we're the 82nd Airborne and we're going in to do such and such, or we're, we're the tip of the spear or whatever. And, and, and if you stop there, then suddenly when you're, when you're transitioning out of uniform, you no longer have a purpose, right? That's you no longer point, have yeah. a why. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a problem. And for all of us, it's a problem. So I like to suggest asking yourself why not one time, but five times. And, you know, the example I give, and this is just to make it really easy, is my first job as a lieutenant. I was like the assistant to the assistant S3. I was in the, the back office of the hangar with no windows, typing up the appendices to operations orders. And I was trained to be an Apache pilot. Right. Like I was ready to fly and lead. And I was just doing this silly well, what I felt at the time was silly and a name job that was probably unfair because I was the first woman and all those sorts of things. And you say, well, why was I there? I was there to fly and fight the Apache, right? Now, if I'd stopped there, I would have been pretty frustrated because I couldn't really impact what I was doing. So why? Because I was trained to do so. Why? Because I had asked for and I had earned that opportunity. Why? Because I wanted to serve my country. Now, that's pretty good, right? All of your listeners have been there. Force yourself to drill down to that fifth level why. Why? Because I wanted to serve. So service was at the heart of who I was. That doesn't mean it has to be in the army. It doesn't mean it has to be in uniform. It doesn't mean it has to be with, with the 18th Airborne Corps, right? It's service. And, and now I have found so many ways that I feel like I'm serving my community. We're helping to, I've been working on building a library in our rural community for the last six years, right? And, we, and it's going up now, right? We've raised the money, it's going up. It's taken a ton of work. And the kind of perseverance that I think I bring from the military that other people, frankly, don't often have. Um, and so there's this really meaningful contribution suddenly that the military has made possible through the training that it offered 
in and the development in my life. So what I hope for your listeners is you drill down to that fifth level why, go down to six if you have to, or seven or whatever it is that doesn't have to do with the military or any other organization or any other mission. It's just what matters to you. And then find little ways to contribute. And then you'll find bigger and bigger ways to contribute. And that's the way to say, hey, let's pivot from the uniform into how we now serve in the world because your your service matters so much and what you bring to the world matters so much. Want to support an active duty owned brand? Head over to fortis-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help Fortiset Fidelis in honoring the brave and faithful. So Shannon, just going over, I love how you brought up the five whys because uh, so I'm a personal trainer on the, uh, I do personal training. And uh, I asked that question, asked like, you know, why do they, a lot of them, they, they want to lose weight, right? Well, why do you want to lose weight? Well, because I want to get skinnier or I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, why do you right. want to lose 20 pounds? Well, I want to fit into my jeans. Well, why do you want to fit into your jeans? You know, or maybe like, I want to have more energy. Well, why do you want to have more energy so I can, you know, uh, keep up with my kids. Well, why do you want to keep up with your kids? Well, because, you know, I want to be there when they get older. Like, yes, that's a strong why right there. Like everybody yes. wants to lose weight, but it's like, it's, it's, it's getting down deeper, like you said, into the real reason why you want to lose weight. So I, I love how you brought that up. Hey, I wish you were my trainer. <laughs> I need to do all of those things. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They get annoyed when I ask that, but like, as, as soon as we get there, it's like, it's a big, eye-opener you know it's a big moment for them and it's, I, don't know, it's, I find it rewarding so that's fantastic yes and I think your your listeners it's the same opportunity right as we transition out of the military into the civilian world it's the same opportunity there and and I feel like I just want to tell every single person like your experience matters and your mm. passion matters and there are so many places in the world that need that so badly. And we want a peaceful, good world, right? Like a better world. So let's find a way to make a better world with that passion that you have and those skills that you have and that dedication that you have, and then apply it in a way that makes this world more peaceful and better. So we have fewer service members have to die and uh, and our children can grow up in a place that we want them to grow up. So how's Shan- that for a why? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great why. <laughs> Um, Shannon, so what is your why now? That is a great question. And it's actually interesting because when I do, I have a workshop that I do again with corporate groups that's called Paths to Purpose. And one of the new exercises that I have them do that actually goes past the grit factor. The grit factor will bring you through the the five whys. It goes from the story into the research, into the tactical takeaways, right? And the exercises for the readers to do, to bring that into their own lives. So that's awesome. But my Paths to Purpose workshop that I do, we look at actually how like at my stage of life, and I think I'm a little older than you are probably, but, um, you know, things get more and more complex. They get more and more complicated and in a good way, right? In a good way. Like I now, um, when I was in the military, I was single. I had 
I had nothing I needed to do but take care of myself and like fly the Apache, right? And right. go to the gym. <laughs> so now I have a wonderful family, an incredible husband and two wonderful boys. And um, I write books and I speak to companies and I have my own business. So, so when I do my own drill down now, it's not one why that I come up with, but I come up with this kind of shield. And I think of this sort of target, right? Like there's three to four things that might be kind of the constellation that you circle around in. And service is still one of those. So I just gave you my five whys down to service. Service will always be part of who I am. It's how I was raised. It's how a great deal of my adult experience has um, been focused and it will always be part of me. But creation, being creative is a big part of my life. It always should have been, but it was something that I sort of subjugated. And it's, and that is the other opportunity for your listeners, right? There's things that the military doesn't necessarily support you developing. I'm not saying it, it prohibits it, but it's just hard, right? Because you're right. full on in what you're doing. And so when I go back and say, hey, I was always supposed to be a writer. I was always supposed to be an artist. And now that is part of my, my whys, right? So when I look at my little shield that I make, and I call this the purpose shield, um, I have service. I have uh, create or creation, the act of creation. I have love, which for me is my family. It's my community and my faith. It's all of those things wrapped up into one. Um, and then I have learned because I'm a lifelong learner and I believe in lifelong learning. And so those are really more three to four things that you make sure that all of those are important in your life and that you make sure you spend time on those. But the other piece is sort of like, and I'll go back to the military, the mission essential task list, right? Are you taking on something that doesn't meet one of those four criteria? Well, then you got to cut it out because as you get older, you realize you say yes only to those things that matter the most. You say no to other things so that you can say yes to what matters most. And to do that, you've got to define what matters most. So that's your mission essential task list, right? So your medal. Um, I, I don't call it that for myself. I just call it the purpose shield. <laughs> but if you want to go back to the military, if you're recently transitioned, then maybe the medal makes more sense to you. And, um, and it's a great way to kind of say, hey, this person's asking me to do some work here or volunteer here, or I have this opportunity here. Does it fit one of these four things that I've identified as my key purposes in life, right? And if it doesn't, then it's not a good choice. So that's a really helpful metric. And you said the purpose shield that's on in your book, the the, the grit factor? It's actually not in my book. It's in my oh, okay. training at the Grit Institute that I do. Okay. And it's called Paths to Purpose, but I've just shared it with you. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. We don't have to attend. <laughs> no, yes, but um, you will. You will. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, where can they find out more information on the, uh, the Grit Institute and, and things like that? Yeah, so I am my website is shannonpolson.com. That's P-O-L-S-O-N.com. And the gritinstitute.com is the other website. That's actually the training institute that comes from the grit factor. And we're about to have a, a um uh, a re-release of the going for grit training, which is going deep into each of the elements of the grit factor that should be coming out. End of June, probably middle of July at the latest. Um, Paths to Purpose will also be available. Uh, and those will be, those are self-guided trainings. So if you're on my email list at shannonpolson.com, you'll be among the first to know. And I'd love to have you join me at those trainings. It's, it really is, I mean, I developed it in a way for the corporate world, but it's perfect for transitioning vets. And as I'm developing workshops right now, actually for another company, for their veterans group, uh, those will also be made available online too, so. So for all the listeners out there, make sure you go check out the website, shannonpolson.com um, and uh, go support Shannon uh, in, in all her endeavors. Uh, Shannon, uh, you know, you're an author. Uh, like I said, you're an army veteran. You're a businesswoman. Uh, what, would you say, what would you say 
has been the best moment, uh, the best experience you've had since you've been uh, out of the military? Oh gosh, I mean, finally, other than I, obviously with your kids and yeah, I met and married my husband. <laughs> yeah. He's totally amazing. He's not military. Um, I've had two amazing children. Um, you know, we moved out to this rural community in Washington that we love, which has definitely been aligned much more with purpose for both of us uh, and for our whole family. But I would say that actually the opportunity to contribute and continuing to find ways to serve. I'm publishing my first book, which is called North of Hope. Um, my second book, which is The Grit Factor, like being able to write creatively, mm -hmm. which again has been my passion since I was a little girl, um, is an incredible honor, truly. And the speaking to audiences where people are truly transformed by these messages, that's an incredible honor. So I would say those are, are high uh, on the list. But the second thing would be, honestly, is finding something totally outside of the military and outside of that writing even that relates to it which is building this library in our community. And again, your community, your world needs you and they need your passion, they need your drive and they need your skills. And, uh, and the opportunity to truly make a difference in, in our community has been an incredible gift. And I will not pretend that it's been easy. It's been unbelievably challenging in, in ways that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. Uh, volunteers work differently than the military, it turns out. But, um, but honestly, it has been this incredible gift as well as just to be part of something that matters and making the world a better place. And uh, I know every single one of your listeners will have that opportunity when you look for it as well. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Shannon, one last question before we go to our second segment here. What's one thing you want our listeners, our viewers to take away from this episode? Mm. <laughs> well, I guess in part that grit is part of a whole system, right? And it's part of the whole person and that you have the opportunity, especially as you make the transition from the military to really honor that whole person, which is really owning your past, that's owning your story, drilling down to core purpose or heart purpose. It's deeply engaging in the present. And then it's looking towards the future with that groundedness and with that engagement. And, and as you do that, um, know that you have a lot to offer and just go into the world and say, hey, how can I help, right? How can I help? How can I serve? And when you go forward with that attitude, I think it opens up just so many opportunities, uh, both to serve and also to feel like you're having a chance to make a difference in the world. And I guess the final thing on that would be just be to, to back up and really take time to be grateful, be grateful for the experiences that you've had in uniform, but for everything around you as well, and let yourself be curious and be grateful. And, uh, and that opens up a whole new world. Yeah, I think that's very important what you mentioned being grateful, because sometimes, like you said, we need to back up, take a minute, relax, and kind of just realize, you know, like how fortunate some, you know, we are, uh, you know, through our experiences and some of the things that we've been, uh, we've gone through. And, uh, you know, obviously, you've, you've been a success outside the military, and and uh, what you're doing now with the grit factor. So congratulations to you on that. Uh, well, thank you. It's an honor, as you know, to be able to do this work. So thank you for doing what you're doing as well. So Strand, before we go here, so this is uh, the second segment. This is what I call the fast five. So it's going to be five okay. questions just to get to uh, our audience to, to know you, you know, okay. a little, Great. get to little, uh, know about you more. Uh, so first question, what's one hobby you enjoy? One hobby I enjoy, I like to paint. Paint. Yes. 
with acrylic just, and watercolor. Okay. I just got done <laughs> painting the interior of our house. I wasn't yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not into that at all. I'm in, I'm in for hiring someone for that and painting pictures. Yes. <laughs> Abstract and modern mostly. Okay, okay. Uh, second question. If you had to choose one person to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. And mm. because I think she had incredible strength of character at a time when that was sometimes a very difficult thing for a woman to have. Great answer. Recommend a book for our audience to read. Besides the grit factor, of Besides course. Besides the right? grit factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, one of my favorite books is West with the Night. Uh, which is by Beryl Markham. She was one of the first women to fly, well, she was the first to fly actually east to west across the Atlantic Ocean um, in East Africa. She was living in East Africa and uh, was just this totally amazing person, but also the book is phenomenal. So highly recommend it. West, west with, the with the Night. Okay. Was she, did she inspire you into becoming? She did. And I talk about her uh, and actually a couple of other stories in this first part about finding your own story, but also being inspired by the stories of others. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, next question. What's your favorite quote and why? Oh, yes. Um, Amelia Earhart, shockingly, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> courage is the price that life exacts for granting peace. Courage is the price that life exacts for granting peace. And I think ultimately, this is the work of owning our own story, of drilling down the purpose of, of taking those risks, right? And taking on those stretch assignments, working to make a difference and really contribute in a world in a way that we're really truly meant to contribute. And that takes courage. And, you know, Maya Angelou, I think it is, uh, is the one that said that courage is the virtue on which all other virtues stand. And so you've got to have the courage to take that step, to be willing to be grateful, right? When you don't necessarily feel it, to be willing to be optimistic, to be willing to move forward, even when you're uncertain. I think courage is, um, is a really important virtue and Amelia Earhart said it very well. That's a great quote. Um, last question here. What do you see yourself in a year, five years, or even 10 years from now? Mm, great question. Um, in a year, my family and I are hoping to move to France uh, for at least a year to live in France and, and work, you know, and the kids will go to school and okay. ostensibly learn French. Um, and we hope to travel quite a bit from there as well as kind of a central location that we can we can travel around Europe and also into Africa and, uh, and the Middle East and other places. Um, so that's a year from now. Uh, but at the same time, I think from the business perspective, I am starting to license the training at uh, the GRIT Institute. So I'm really excited to build out that GRIT Institute and bring that training into companies and organizations uh, around the world, truly. So my, my most recent engagement actually was with a UK company, actually an international company based in the UK. And so that is, I think, the business development piece. In five years, I hope I will have written uh, at least one more book. The next book I think I, I already have figured out will come out of the grit factor once the proposal is accepted. I'm super excited about it. And, uh, and then the book after that may be more creative uh, in nature. And I'm really excited about that as well. So um, that's five years and 10 years. Oh my gosh, my kids are gonna be in college. That's crazy. Um, I don't know. Like I'm going to be like hanging out with my husband, which is amazing. And we'll be in the mountains. And um, uh, I don't know. I hope I'll still be writing and painting and, and bird watching. Those are the things I love to do. And we get out a lot backpacking and doing that kind of thing in the mountains. So um, I hope those are all parts of uh, how we spend our lives as well as spending time in the library, which is going to be opening next year. That's awesome. And obviously spend those, spend those time when you can with the loved ones and, you know, yes. um, 
your and your 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 husband and your kids and all that. But um, Shannon, thank you again for your time. Um, best of luck to you in the the Great Institute and your consulting business. Um, and and make sure you all check out the book. This is your second book, The Grit Factor. Is your second book, right? What was your right. what was the first? Uh, yeah, the, the first, first book, book is called North of Hope: A Daughter's Arctic Journey, and that's a very there's a lot of grit in that one as well. It's much more personal, uh, not military based, but um, but yeah, I'd recommend it to you as well, actually. And The Grit Factor, they're both. I'm very proud to have them both in the world. And those are available in Amazon. Uh, Anywhere books are sold, they're both. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, guys, make sure you guys grab a copy of that. Uh, one last thing, Shannon, where can they stay in touch with you? Where, where can they support you at? Yeah, thank you. Well, if you if you enjoy The Grit Factor and North of Hope, please do consider leaving a review on Amazon, Barnes Noble, or anywhere else. Um, you can find me at shannonpolson.com, at thegritinstitute.com, and I'm relatively active on LinkedIn, uh, particularly from the business perspective and then Twitter and a little bit on Instagram as well. So I'd love to see you any of those places, please do engage. And if you have a company or organization that I can come speak to or offer training to, that is, um, I'm, I'm really passionate about bringing the grit factor to you there too. Awesome. Awesome. So Shannon, again, thank you for your time. Uh, make sure you all grab a copy of her books and uh, thank you for sharing your story and a little bit about the grit factor. Thank you so much. Thanks for your good work. Keep it up. All right. Take care. Take care. Hey, everyone. Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortist-fidelis.com. And learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen and make sure you guys go follow our social media on facebook frts fdls again that's frts fdls and on instagram and twitter at frts underscore fdls again that's frts underscore fdls and make sure you guys go subscribe review and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms till then take care